Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rents, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. So on the MLB playoffs, we almost finished the second round in another week. Almost. So close. Almost. The no-doubt team that was supposed to win that we both agreed was going to win <laughs> easily still working through its playoff series. When I, when I was writing this yesterday, I was actually confident that the series was going to finish, that Cleveland would, would pull it out. And then now it looks like they're, I think they're going to go down, right? Probably. We should make we should make a prediction now. I mean, <laughs> odds are this 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 will have happened by the time you listen to this podcast, which is my favorite kind of prediction. Mm-hmm. When I say that I think that the Yankees are going to win, I'm not going to top out more than sixty six thirty four percent. I mean, one out of every three times, I'm confident the the Guardians can pull this off. <laughs> just to be clear, yeah, yeah. But you know, we're we're gambling men, so I would I would have to give it to the Yankees here. All right, but whatever. Great call on the Phillies, by the way. Congratulations to you. Phillies taking down the Braves in a pretty decisive fashion, actually. Like, it wasn't it wasn't even really that close in the end. It, I, I, in the, and because, uh, yeah, and the Braves did win a game, right? Yep. And it, uh, but wow, did they have to work for that? My other follow-up question, or follow-up question on the other series, so the, the Padres take down the take down the Dodgers you know I was I was thinking like yeah like a small team taking down the Dodgers and then you're like well no this is now the Dodgers except younger like so my question is how should I feel about this should I feel unabashedly happy or do I need to temper expectations a little bit you need to temper it and yes because this is sort of like the uh, underdog Red Sox beating the Yankees <laughs> in 04 yeah. it was like oh yeah it's the second highest payroll against the first highest well, way, way to go guys um okay I just I just needed to hear that because because when I think about the Padres I think Brown is back I'm excited you know I'm just like wow this small market team can do it than anyone else can and then the the one upside is that if the Padres do win it will other teams be inspired to say Okay, if we just spend a ton of money this year, we will win. But how many years were they doing that for? How many years have the Padres like gone all in and like it just wasn't working out until finally? In your opinion, does it start before they pay for Machado? Or is it it's like Machado and Snell kick off this era, right? The real the this this for real. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't there like a mini um trade boom well, they got, thing that happened? They got Will Myers. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, it was Will Myers. They were what pitchers? Wasn't there like a few pitchers that they got at that time too? They, I mean, they started positioning themselves as a mid-tier team, and then they really ramped it up. You know, they signed Darvish, and they. But, but honestly, you're in a you're in a place where you've got Tatis. Okay, fat lot of good that's doing right now. But you know, you're looking at your horizon, and you had you had other guys that you thought were going to be. They had other prospects that they thought were going to be good. Mm-hmm. So I think. So I, I guess I guess it's not to say that any team could just buy their way to this level of success but my hope is that 
is not in one year. What I think what oh. we're trying to say is it's not in one year. It wasn't just like the Kansas City Royals can't just be like, screw it. Let's we want to go back to the World Series. We did that a little while ago. Let's do a different model. Let's do the AJ Prowler model. Yeah. It's not yeah. gonna just happen this next year. It's gonna have to happen over a couple of years of getting some overpaying for some guys to come to the team, making some bold choices that trades that might work, might not work. But they, I mean to then put yourself in the position where you can take where you're the half step away and can pay the extra money for a bunch of guys. I mean, surely somebody can do the analysis of like how much this has actually cost the Padres. And you just don't, you just don't, you go to the owner and say, look, this is how much you're going to have to spend over four years to win a championship. But like, you know, just deal with it. We're going to spend this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to spend this amount. But here, then- right. But at the same, I mean, in, in that way, then you have the business decision of like, here's what your revenue is right now by having a not very good team that's not going to make the playoffs that's not going to drive interest versus we're going to pay 10x that for, across the board we're going to pay 10x that yeah. everything's going to be better you know coaches facilities players is our revenue going to increase by 10% at the same time cuz like Tatis we might say like poof wow what a f- failure of a of a of a contract that is but like how much money are they are they still making in Tatis jerseys no i i i completely agree and so you you have to make that decision at some point but i guess now i'm thinking about this like are the phillies sort of the upside of that you're spending a little bit less but they're kind of doing the same thing right because they went out they did go out and buy some big names i mean obviously they got they got bryce harper and they they shelled out originally for real muto i guess and and well bryce harper is the machado in this right when they rebuilt when they decided to finally rebuild after the the uh, glory days. Okay, one extra topic. Oh boy, the the teams that sat didn't do as well as they should have. No, nope, nope. We're talking. Well, I mean, somebody's going to have to do this analysis. But we, you know, we kicked this around two weeks ago. This question of like, is it actually good to sit this long? I don't think it was. I mean, the Astros had to go. What they went three zero and one to to win the series. They had to play an extra game. Yeah. To win the series. Yeah. This, and the uh, the Yankees, the favorite, not really. They're I having know. to play. Put, them, put themselves have, in a big hole and then... They should have swept the Guardians. So even if they have won by the time you listen to this or if they lost by the time you listen to this, like they've already... It's already taken the worst. And then the other two got upset. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, I think they sat... Too much sitting. Can't sit that long in baseball. So this week, back to Stats 101, second to last lesson. Next time, we'll do a nice wrap on this. This one, another advanced topic. We're going to tackle stochasticity. Let's take it away. I want to start this by giving a word salad. Randomness, uncertainty, deterministic models, chaos theory, chaos theory time series, and Markov chains. Well, you know, you know, I'm in it for the Markov chains, so we got we got to get to that. But I mean, <laughs> time series obviously critical for you know for baseball things, and these other ones. I'll, well, we've we've talked about randomness and uncertainty before, deterministic models and chaos theory. I'm looking forward to see what seeing what you're going to tell us about this. Well, I, I just wanted to give the sort of AOL keywords here. Of <laughs> Very good. What we're what we're going to be Very talking good. about as we get into this. All right, so let's start with the. Uh, definition, def, dictionary definition of 
stochastic. It is involving a random variable. It is involving chance or probability. It is from the Greek stochastic, <laughs> skillful in aim, ing, skillful in aiming. I guess to be correct, but a little bit more correct English. Random. We talking random here, yeah, absolutely. Bud. But this is not the same random that we were talking about. That we're talking about random distributions. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, this is what you've said. We've talked about this before. You know, there's proper random and there's predictably random, and we're headed exactly. towards the predictable right. randomness. Right, 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 right. Random, because we've been talking about random distributions. The idea that if you were to randomly take out of the the sample set, just pick out of your out of the hat, out of the hat, take it random, that you're going to end up having a um, a Gaussian curve. Right. right? normal distribution from that randomly selecting well here it's not when we're using random it's a little bit different because we're talking about um the randomness inherent in each one of the observations right anyways i needed to get my head around that uh when i was when i was starting to write this up i was like we'll be talking about random (laughs) but it's not random right yeah this is stochastic right because you can learn things from stochastic series Whereas yeah. random, we're stuck, right? Well, ran- random, that gets us into all the things that we talked about the previous weeks. So now let's talk. So that was sort of the dictionary, the dictionary definition of stochastic. So in the, in the textbook, stats textbook, a stochastic process, Y subscript T, Y is function. What is it, what is it that I'm supposed to say? Y T? Yeah. Um, it, y T is a family of random variables indexed by time. The process generates values of y serially in time with many sequences possible. Equivalently, many values of y are possible for any given time t. An observed time series or realization is a particular sequence of y, y1, uh, corresponding to one outcome of the stochastic process. This is a formula y t equals y t minus one plus a t yeah f- formula famously going over well in podcasts but i think is this is it's re- <laughs> yeah this is a pretty <laughs> yes. basic one this is saying you know you took the last observation and then what is the next observation and it's governed by some stochastic process that ideally we can make some description of ideally we can describe yes. in some sort of way um do you want to get into de- to, to an ex- do you think it's better to when I sort of started to put this together, I had the example next. Should I go into an example of this I, I think, now? I think or? an example will help hammer this home. Yeah. All right. So let's get back to transportation. Oh, we're now, love it. We're also a transportation pod. Um, say there is a busy intersection on your way to work in which a main road comes to a T intersection with an even larger road. Okay. So you have, you have to stop, right? There's a, there's a light to dictate when you can go. Traffic backs up. For the left turn and then is alleviated by the light turning green or cars choosing an alternative path going right to go the long way mm-hmm. the number of cars at any given time between 6 a.m and 9 a.m are therefore y in the stochastic process because many given values for y are possible for any given time t if someone were recording the number of cars at every possible time over the period we would have a particular sequence of y1, so one outcome, but by no means the only possible outcome. 
So we can draw this on a graph. So if someone is sitting there at the intersection, which traffic engineers do, just to <laughs> warn you guys, sit there, watch, and then chart, okay, there are two cars, three cars, four cars, and you're going by minute, by second, by five-minute interval, whatever it is. You're drawing that on a graph. You know, you're going to end up having a line. Mm-hmm. Now, if you do that tomorrow, it might be similar. It might be different. And that'll all be, that is, um, that is informed by the stochastic processes that are, that are actually governing this, which is when does the light turn green? How long does the light turn green? Are there cars blocking the cars mm-hmm. from, from turning? Are cars so backed up that they're, they're, they're moving? Yeah, I, I think I mean, this is a good example. I th- and I think it's pretty easy to map it to baseball thinking about the different varieties of outcomes for a plate appearance, right? Like it's pretty it's pretty straightforward to think like, okay, when anytime a batter comes up to the plate, or anytime a pitcher faces a new batter, there's a defined set of outcomes that are going to happen, like in the in the scoring sense. And are there patterns in there? Because we, we know that eventually these We've made a lot of predictions about how eventually these converge to set values for a player over the course of the year. And the same thing would be true for, like, if you just told me aggregate how many cars went through that intersection in a given year. Like, okay, that's a good statistical value, but what I actually want to know, I actually want to know what something about the time series. The same thing is true for baseball, I think. And that's that's really what this is the crux of, is whether we can get any information out of that. Right, and I was trying to come up with an example, and, and tell me if this would be right. Um, that Tony Gonsolin, a pitcher that that overperformed this year, he go he he plays in game in his first game, he faces batters of, across that. So that's the time series, right? Um, on any given time, is his, is the best way to to say the stochastic process would be his like maybe his K rate over time is the the process that we could we could consider because his k rate is going to um be informed by each outcome he's there's Mm going to be stochastic processes that are going to determine whether or not he strikes out a a batter and increases his his k rate if he doesn't strike out that batter if they get a hit if they if they walk etc over Mm -hmm. over his uh over time yeah i think i think that's a good way to think about it i mean I another example would be I was thinking about this the other day because everyone was trying to figure out when Aaron Judge's next home run would come. And mm. that's governed by some sort of stochastic process. You know, there's a chance right. at every at bat that he hits a home run. But right. what what can we say about the likelihood of it being any given at bat? And that that's kind of the question that you'd like to answer. Similar to the Tony Gonsolin would be What's the likelihood that this particular at bat ends in a strikeout or something? Right, and then when you observe those, you get one. So <laughs> there is one series of outcomes mm-hmm. for Aaron Judge across the year, in which he hit eighty home runs <laughs> based Whoa. on the stochastic process <laughs> of each of each at bat that he is experiencing. Y T minus one plus AT, the stochastic processes. Over the series of the year, he got eighty, and then there's there's an outcome where in which he got thirty. Yeah, ex- exactly, right? exactly. And so you want to we want to know both over the course of the year, but also ideally for fantasy baseball perspectives, this would say like this week the stochastic process or the stochastic equations that govern 
Aaron Judge's likelihood to hit a home run are suggesting no home run or suggesting tons of home runs, <laughs> you know. Deterministic models versus probabilistic models. For the mm. most part, we've been talking, I know you're talking gouges and mm. probabilities, but for the most part, we've been talking about creating deterministic models. Linear modeling is deterministic, correct? That's right. Am I wrong? <laughs> so st- stochastic processes have to be um, have to be modeled through probabilistic models. Have to be described through probabilistic models. So a deter- deterministic model produces the same result every time. They're pretty well defined. They tell you this is what's going. This give me these input variables. This is going to be the output. Yeah. Stochastic models can produce different results every time. Put in these series of inputs and, well, I don't know. This time we're going to give you this result. This time we're going to give you this result. A lot of, from my from my time in transportation, a lot of those do necessarily have to be um, probabilistic models because that transportation question, there's, there's so much that's governing what's happening that you can't say specifically on Thursday there will be this much traffic on the street. No, there's oh, there's way too much. This is sort of the difference. I remember in um, well, we can get into that. We can get this to the next piece. Stochastic processes versus chaotic processes. Mm-hmm. Complex versus complicated. Do you want to get? Do you want to get into chaos? Chaos. Well, uh, processes. I mean, I, I think I think it's some. You kind of have to address it on some level. Again, in the in the baseball context, like, look, this is we're talking about building a super advanced model here, but you have to consider chaos versus stochastic. I mean, is baseball chaotic or stochastic? I'm not sure that we can that we even know exactly the the answer to that. I mean, Aaron Judge's outcome is going to be defined by what DJ LeMahieu did ahead of him as well so mm-hmm. now you've got like these weird coupled stochastic processes because dj yep. lemay who's really good at getting on base but if you ask me like what if dj lemay hits a home run or what, like what if dj lemay hits a triple that's gonna color what aaron judge does right. and is right is, are we now too complex are we now in chaos theory i don't know <laughs> well so that's as from from my reading and reminding me of my readings many many years ago so Stochastic processes versus chaotic processes. Chaos theory, where the input state can drastically change the final state and produces seemingly random stats, are underlyingly deterministic. Mm-hmm. So, in, so think mm-hmm. about it this way. Mm-hmm. You have a linear model where it's y equals um, some, uh, some coefficient of x times x plus the y-intercept. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well... If you really want to say this in linear modeling, when you have a million different um, coefficients that x is multiplied through by, <laughs> and then maybe you have, and then you have, you know, one y-intercept, that's a chaotic process. You have so many, so many different coefficients that you're multiplying through this. It's like it's the temperature the day that that you're you're playing. Yep. It's the distance to left field. It's the distance to right field. Yep. It's the um, all these different pieces, and uh, but it is underlyingly it is knowable what the outcome is going to be. Is he going to hit a home run this time? Well, you know, I th- threw it through that one million different variables, and it says yes. Right, yeah. he's going to hit a home run. 
You know, yeah. that's that's what it is. That is a complicated problem. Now, stochastic processes, where the input state can be drastically uh, uh, can drastically change the final output, can also lead to different states. So, mm-hmm. doesn't you have a million different coefficients? Well, today it means home run, but tomorrow the same exact factors it means no home run. Right. And that's one of the pieces that we need to like. You go from it, I, I read somewhere where the the thought is like you have deterministic models, then you have chaos, uh, chaotic processes that bridge the gap. From chaotic processes, it's one little edge of the knife, mm-hmm. as um, Galadriel would say uh, in the Third Age. Fall off the edge of the knife, and then you go into stochastic processes. Right. I I feel like is baseball is baseball chaotic. I or I think baseball is stochastic. I think it is. I mean, it's we know, be. we know, we're pretty sure that it's stochastic, but man, does sometimes it look like chaos. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if the probabilities are high enough, that's the whole, if the probabilities are high enough, then it is so close to knowable. It doesn't matter. This is saying you could go ahead, use Newtonian physics on earth. It does. It's fine. It's close enough. But I think I think people think in a chaotic way about baseball, like given gamblers definitely. Well, do. sure, but given I'm thinking about like I'm thinking about when we all sit down to watch the World Series in a couple of weeks, they're gonna analyze to death the different pitcher batter matchups, and they're going to give you their average against it. Yep. They're going to give you the number of home runs that they've gotten against it, and I think. My sense, and we should watch for it with an eye to this. My my sense is that they're presented in a deterministic way, more than a probabilistic way. Mm-hmm. I well, we've been having a lot more percentages numbers thrown out. But you think about, yeah, I mean, e- even during the course of a game, right? They'll tell you what happened in the last at bat. I guess that's I guess that is more of a stochastic process because that's like saying, hey, look what this guy did last inning. Or two last time he was up to up to bat. I bet that has some bearing on what he's going to do this time. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's actually yeah. actually that's a really interesting thought. I maybe I'm talking myself the other direction that actually baseball is presented as a stochastic process <laughs> properly. The I mean the television presenters want to show. That, I guess that's the difference between the like the presenters and then the analytics guy because the analytics guy has to come in here and be like, here's the chaos. Yeah, here's chaos theory. I'll present some probabilities as well, but here's the chaos theory that this is good, what's going to happen. But the presenters want you to be thinking about the different outcomes. Man, that's cool. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Now I'm going to watch the I'm going to watch the baseball presentations with an eye to that now. All right, I got two two more things, and then and we can get on to our review session. First is a quick note that this is always present. Stochastic processes are presented as time series. Mm-hmm. But they don't actually have to be. Yes. It is just very difficult to figure out a longitudinal vector that's, hmm. that is that is like time that is not time. But in geography, it happens all the time. Ha, <laughs> time. It happens all the space. Because space, for everything, I mean, geography is a principle that where you are, everything near you is similar to you in some way the further that you get away from it is is informed by what happened closer to you but not and i guess by similar principles astronomy (laughs) yeah is space oh absolutely absolutely 
it's it's kind of like space it's kind of kind of like space yeah that's, that's like interesting space. i mean i think in baseball it it's it's harder to think of a a better indexing variable it's time it's just time, time. You, baseball is just the, the only vector that you're thinking on is time yeah and in in um in astronomy you're thinking in terms of three-dimensional space space and i and in geography i'm thinking about two-dimensional geographic space mm-hmm. hmm. anyways a little little aside um last piece that i want to say markov chain here we go yes. matrices man uh i'll just read off this from wikipedia this was the only thing that i'm reading from wikipedia a Markov chain or Markov process is a stochastic model describing a sequence of possible events in which the probability of each event depends only on the state attained in the previous event. Informally, this may be thought of as what happens next depends only on the state of affairs now. So this is basically what we've been talking about the whole time. But Markov chains have are a good way of actually describing these stochastic processes into a modeling format which relies heavily on matrices so get your 10th grade uh (laughs) textbook out matrix multiplication yeah i mean i think this is this is giving you we're just talking about the way to functionally do this now right now we've we've pivoted you've pivoted a little bit into like okay how are we actually going to make this happen how are we actually going to build one of these models exactly right i've i've We've gone from the uh, the theory to the conceptual model mm-hmm. building that needs to be done, and, and uh, the Markov chain model is a framework in which to um, to actually create stochastic models. Have you taken a look at this paper? That I, I did. Yeah, this is good. Sent you to. So I we've got um, the Markov chain model of baseball. Uh, this uh, stats hacker on May 7th, 2018, describes um, using Markov chains for uh, baseball. I think that, uh, I think I might need to write this up, write this into our, write this into a, some Python for us. We should. Now, what's a, so what is the, let's leave on one last closing thought. What is the, what should we try to use um, this Markov chain modeling structure to analyze? I, I think we want to know I really think we want to under have a better sense of hot and cold streaks and what's on a, what's just a hot streak, what's just a cold streak and what is truly unexpected. So what you're I think what you're trying to say in in this structure is we should probably analyze those hot and cold streaks to see probabilistically is this what is it? Is it like what's the probable probability that this should happen? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's right? the question. I mean, because okay, the thing I'm thinking is a month into the season next year, you're holding somebody who's ice cold, and you're like, is this is this real? <laughs> is this is this a real cold streak? Are they going to warm back up, or are they just a new person? Com- right. Compare that probabilistic. Yeah. Need, yes, we need to add this this sort of vector to our analysis. You have player X and player Y. Player X has um, had you know this time series. <laughs> what was the probability that he should have had that time series um, of events? Player X is a cold streak guy. Player Y is the one on the waiver wire. Yes, he has had this time series, which looks really good. <laughs> what is the probability that he would have that? So if the if the probability is there's a ten percent chance that the cold streak player would have this bad 
a series. Mm-hmm. And if it was a 10% probability that this hot streak player would have this good series, well, then we can go back to central limit theory yes. and say, well, you know what? Fuck it. The 10%, the person who had 10% outcomes is going to have better outcomes. We feel good. And that the player Y who had um, good outcomes is probably going to have worse outcomes going right. forward. And that that's what I, right. I want to have some statistical framework, some model that we can lean on that will tell us, that'll just give us a hint. I'm not saying it has to be, it doesn't have to get every single thing right, but I need a probability <laughs> to understand. Right. No, because if we do, because if, if we're able to, it won't always be 10% to 10%. It's going to be like, well, this was a 30% outcome. Yep. And this other player, well, that was actually a 50% outcome. Yep. What, what do you want? Do you trust that this do? player is going to have? Yeah. All right. I think that about brings us to the review session. Joe Musgrove. Joe Musgrove. As predicted, as predicted, we will be seeing <laughs> Brown. Brown is back. Uh, so Joe Musgrove, all-star Joe Musgrove. Uh, you know, I, I read these things off of Savant, and so I'm Oops. always... Yeah, get his title right. I'm always, yeah, sorry. Sorry about that. Honorifics here. I forget. Uh, so he's been to the Padres. Second second year here with the Padres. He's got 10 wins, uh, 7 losses. Pitched 181 innings, which is nothing to scoff at this year. Uh, no, no, started no. started 30 games in that. In those 30 games, 2.93 ERA, 1.08 whip, 184 strikeouts. Again, just to remind you, in 181 innings. Um, this is just a good classic innings eater season. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not hurting you. He's, he's, he's helping you on ERA for sure. He's not hurting you on whip. He's fine. He's giving you the volume of Ks that you want. Um, you might want some more wins. And other than that, I don't. I don't know what what else what else do you want to see? And how old is he? Twenty nine. So th- this this could this could be his best year. This could have been his best year. He might have a late career smoothing out because he was always. I mean, this is this is like a top prospect guy. What was he? What was he? Um, no, he re- he really picked? he really wasn't. He was picked. He was picked a little later, but he's but he was picked young because he's drafted in twenty eleven. What was he? So, what was he picked? Like, in, I just have him on my head as like this was a guy that we kept on being hearing about. Maybe he's more of a fantasy darling than than like the uh, than anything. No, because he, like, well, he, be he was he was a fantasy darling when he was on even on the Astros in that 2016, 2017 period of time. Yeah, and then and the Pirates, he was always talked about. Yeah, exactly. So one of the things that that one of the reasons that he's fantasy talked about is because his fastball spin is off the charts. And people love yep. spin rates. Like in, yep. in the fantasy world, spin rate is is king. And he is he is off the charts. Even after the crackdown on uh, the sticky stuff. Even though his fastball velocity is not at the same. Not same amazing. Level. Not amazing. Wow, last year. Yeah, his pitches <sighs> you know, you said entering Cedar, and maybe we're being being rude on that, but he does have the qualities of just like a guy that's like Let's put him out there for no, six innings. No, I don't, I don't. I don't think that's rude. He's, but he's his K per nine this year is nine, basically, right? <laughs> I mean, for yeah, for all yep. for all intents and purposes, is it's nine. Okay, look at this is a good spot for him to be in. Being in in um, San Diego, I mean, San Diego is a nice spot to be in. Let's be frank, but it, he's not the ace of the staff. No, no, and he, there's it's it's. Sort of the show up for game three, please. 
give us a fighting chance to win and and that's all you need to do and he's yeah his lofty um 2020 he had a uh, 12.48 now we know 2020 was a weird year but 12.48 k per nine i mean like was there any th- series that, that he, he he had of uh where he had a k per nine above 10 this year it's, it seems seems doubtful i mean i i think we're you know we're gonna we're just gonna see a decline in that over time and that's and that's okay and so i think even even if you want to chafe at my description of him as an innings eater this year he's going that way uh let's see babip 276 so that sounds about right left on base is 79.8 so that's a little bit high um ground balls he's not a ground ball pitcher 42 percent is um, his area was 293 his x area was 327 his fip was 359 his x fip was 347 so that era is lower than it should be well I, I mean sure so so let's throw that san diego has been accused of having a pretty good defense so let's let's throw that in the bat box i mean he dropped look he going from pittsburgh to san diego he dropped even between 2020 and 2021 i mean Point six, point seven. I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty big drop. Is, wait, li- listen to this. In in Pittsburgh, his ERA was three point eight six, and his X ERA was three point one eight. The next year, his oh. his ERA was three point one eight. His X ERA was three point eight nine. That's actually quite funny. That's a that's a big <laughs> flip. We're gonna have to. Or that's the thing that that's the thing we're gonna have to watch out for. But he's uh he's on a longer term deal with the Padres, right? Yeah, yeah. He signed a, f- a five year, one hundred million dollar contract. Um, good for him so all right so let's let's mention something about joe musgrove here so i think i think he's a i mean i do think he's going to be classed as an innings eater next year so i'm going to say i'm going to throw you 3.6 era over under i'll take under you think under 3.6 okay Mm um i'll I'll take the over i'll take the over i'm seeing i'm seeing regression here uh strikeout numbers going down is letting up home runs i yeah i'm i'm gonna go over on that you can go under on the three point six. No, I'm going over. Oh, you're over on three point six. Yeah. What do you? So strikeouts one eighty four this year. Oh, I'm going under on that for sure. I wouldn't. I, would, I guess I wouldn't. Wouldn't face. I wouldn't. Yeah. Wins ten over under. I think over actually there. Ten point five. I think you, I think go you got on. quite unlucky this year with that. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take you up on the wins one. Okay. Who are we doing next week? We're gonna talk about Charlie Morton. Knew he'd come up eventually. Had to. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too.